Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Pod Save the Queen! Hello and welcome to Pod Save the Queen and happy Jubilee week! Now, this is our listeners and friends of the podcast episode. Thank you so much to everyone who has sent in their favourite stories and memories of meeting the Queen. I've absolutely loved going through them. And I must say, I'm awfully jealous of a lot of you. Now, what also makes today a very special occasion is I have managed to drag our producer, I say drag, willingly tempt with cake her producer dan jackson into the studio and he's sitting opposite me wearing headphones and everything hi dan kicking and screaming <laughs> yeah this one's been a fun one to bring together we're surrounded by paper and sound files and checklists and yeah hopefully it should be fun yeah i've got absolutely no idea what's happening there's lots of buttons there's lots of lights going on and also i will for full disclosure we had a cake buffet in the office today so dan and i have eaten an awful lot of sugar and um, so apologies if we're a bit energetic and loud but we are also very excited because of course it's the jubilee Yay! now i'm going to kick us off by telling my favorite memory of the queen and i have seen her wait one. Wait, wait, oh. wait 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 let's do this properly so Zoe, welcome to the show. Do you have a, a favourite memory, weird, a memory like of the it. Queen that you'd like to share with us? <laughs> well, thank you so much for asking, Dan. Um, my, fa- I've actually seen the Queen once, but it was from from afar. I went to Royal Ascot, and we saw her. Obviously, when they do the carriage, the carriage ride through, um, we were very far away because we had the cheap seats, and I was a few glasses of prosecco in by this point. Uh, but I did do a very good. I did a very good wave and I'd like to pretend she waved directly at me but she was just a very brightly coloured yellow dot a very long way away so that's the closest I've unfortunately come so far although I'm still waiting for Russell to put a good word in for me. I I feel like this is going to be the first of many apologies we have to make to Her Majesty (laughs) during the Jubilee celebrations. Absolutely not but my favourite memory of the Queen is definitely the video she did with Prince Harry for the Invictus Games Mm. and that is the do you remember the mic drop one? God yes. Where they sent the message to the Obamas and it was the they sent the message saying we're coming for you and Harry showed it to his grandma mother and she just did that oh please and he did the mic drop and I just think that was brilliant it showed her fun sense of humor it also showed the great relationship we've got with Harry you can't imagine her doing that with Charles but also it's it feels like a lifetime ago do you remember when like, both the royal family and politics were just like farming I know yeah that's and, so true you could just oh. have a bit of a joke with you know like presidents and things like that but yeah anyway that is my favorite moment and you, you've got a bit of a it's a bit of a sore subject asking right. you about your memory of the Queen. I, I feel bad because like I'm I'm known as the grumpy producer. I'm not really uh, okay with the royal family. Um, but yeah, mine goes back uh, twenty years to the Golden Jubilee, and I don't know if you remember the Queen embarked on what 
which seems like a marathon these days, a 15-week tour of the UK. Blimey. And it started in my hometown of Falmouth in Cornwall. That is a good place to start. A lovely place to go. The, the entire town lost their minds. You know, people that weren't that fussed were suddenly, like, waving um, flags everywhere. So uh, she was arriving via boat, and she was due to dock at the aptly named Prince of Wales Pier. Great. And good we planning. All, we all went down early to kind of try and get near the front. I had a child on my shoulders, and this is how long ago it was. I don't remember whose child it was, <laughs> but I remember my back was hurting. We're waiting for the Queen, and she was going to come off the boat, come down the pier, gently kind of do a bit of meet the crowd, work, work the, um, the streets of that. And the first thing we saw was his car just whizz by. Oh, and gently no. there was this kind of murmur of disappointment that started moving up from the crowd going, no, she's not stopping, she's gone. That was her in the car. So even apologies to Scott, I couldn't even tell you what fashion she was wearing I, it was a blink and a miss it moment. So, Your Majesty, it's been 20 years. When will this rift heal? You're more than welcome to come onto the show and, and, and we'll, we'll make peace. You're waiting for that apology. Not that you're holding a grudge. I, it's I, only I, been 20 years. I've, I've held longer. Yeah. Anyway, enough about us. Let's crack on. We've got lots of it. Now, we're going to... The first one we've got is a very, very special guest. Now, we obviously couldn't let the Jubilee go past without hearing from a very, very important host. So see if you recognise this voice. It's always good to see the Queen enjoying things. I think any time we get a picture of her watching her horses win at the races with that absolute look of glee on her face, that's always a tremendous moment. But I think one of my favourite things has to have been the London 2012 Olympics opening ceremony, the skit uh, in Buckingham Palace with her with Daniel Craig and then the Queen jumping out of an aeroplane to really launch the Olympics in style. Um, it was a really joyous moment a joyful part of her jubilee year celebrations um 10 years on things are probably in a very different place for a lot of reasons but i hope she has many joyful moments in this jubilee year as well of course that was our lovely Anne Gripper. the gripper <laughs> darling in for what seemed to be a very peaceful meadow i know I'm, it sounds I'm a bit lovely I, the first thing when she sent that to me the first thing i was, I was like where are you and can i come it sounds beautiful lots also, of birds in the background then also again harking back to like the queen taking part with the olympic stunt and it's like back when things were just a bit more uplifting I know. and jolly and i can't I, a lot of people Still can't believe that the Queen took part in that. I know, it's great. And what it, a good sport. I rewatched the uh, Olympic opening ceremony in lockdown as, you know, when I basically had completed Netflix because mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. finished everything else. And I forgot how good it was. It's just, it was fantastic. And it was such a good day. And it was lovely to hear from Anne, who we hope is working a lot less than we are over the next, the next couple of days. Uh, but we miss her a lot. And hello to Baby Gripper too. And hello to Baby Gripper. Now... Up next, I was lucky enough to meet Grant Harold last week, who is the royal butler. So he worked for the royal family, so has lots of stories to share, but this was his favourite. My name's Grant Harold, a.k.a. the royal butler, and one of my favourite memories of the Queen was probably the first time I actually was introduced to the Queen, and it was by the Prince of Wales at Kew Palace. During her 80th birthday celebrations, I was actually officially, even though I'd met her before, I was officially introduced to her by the Prince of Wales, which I thought was quite, um, if I can say, I thought it was quite cool, having the future king, her son, Prince Charles, introduce me to his, his mother, and then having this surreal conversation with this lady who I admired and respected my whole life. So it was, it was quite amazing. So I don't think many people can say that the Prince of Wales introduced uh, them to his mother, uh, as I've experienced. So I do feel quite lucky for that, that wonderful memory. 
Up next, I've got a message that's been sent in by our listener, Stacey Jones. Hi, Stacey. Thank you so much for getting uh, getting in touch with this. Uh, she's from Conway in the US. And Stacey says, I was born and raised in the United States by parents born during the Great Depression. My mother was born in 1925, six months before the Queen was the heir apparent. My mother's parents were teachers, and when they realised she was around the age of the beautiful little princess Elizabeth, they started a scrapbook for my mother of news stories about Princess Elizabeth. My mother is now 96 years old, and she still has the scrapbook. Oh, wow. I was a fan of Princess Diana and now the Duchess of Cambridge, and my mother and I bond to this day over our love of the British royal family and the Queen, who is the admirable heart of it all. This year, my husband and I are coming to the Jubilee celebrations to celebrate 70 years. My mother can't join us on the trip, but she'll be following along, following along on Facebook and Instagram and adding all these memories to her lifelong feeling of camaraderie with the Queen. How nice is that? That is that is also, I, w- I want to sneak a peek at that scrapbook. That's got to be it's fascinating. so much in it. And Stacey, I'm so glad that you're managing to come over and be part of it all. Please send us some of your photos because we'd love to see them. And we hope you have, oh, I say this, you'll be here already are having oh, a space, lovely time yeah, space time continuum i'm not even going to reveal which order and which days doing this anymore. There's no point. <laughs> so that was great thank you so much uh we now have another clip from a listener uh we go over to maddie who has sent us in a message hi my name is maddie and i'm from outside toronto ontario canada i come from a family of dutch heritage my oma lovingly referred to as Super Oma by the great-grandchildren, is an 87-year-old woman who wears her hair in a perm-like style most of the time. I'd like to share a funny story with you. Last summer, my aunt was sitting in the car with Allie, my Oma's great-grandchild, and she was trying to keep her occupied. So she showed her a Canadian $20 bill and said, Allie, have you seen this before? This is money. And she said, and this lady on here, this is the queen. Allie looked at her, pretty concerned, and said, No, Auntie, that's not the Queen. That's Super Oma. It was so funny (laughs) as Allie confused the Queen and my Oma for their similar hairstyles. Oh, to be a four-year-old child. (laughs) How cute is that? That's pretty sweet. That's really sweet. Oh, Oma? Yeah. Is that kind of, I'm guessing that's kind of a Canadian grandmother? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's so cute. And then she said, yeah, imagine just imagine how great it would be just, yeah, just seeing, oh, that's that's granny on all the notes, which, or, you know, obviously some the, people get to do, but not many of us. Or the sense of entitlement, the child just assuming she's royal. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm related to royalty. It's fine. Love it. Thank you so much for sending that one in. Um, I absolutely love it. It's very, very cute. Now, this next one, I left Dan unsupervised. Oh, God. <laughs> so Dan very kindly offered to help me read some of these out because also you lot don't just want to listen to my voice for however long but Dan um, had a bit too much fun with it and has tried to do some accents again so much cake I know but I'm just going to put this out there now I take no responsibility for this I had no involvement in it and I apologise to any Americans who the, the next bit offends <laughs> okay but there is a context for this so we are a podcast and it's great to get written messages but then we need to get them read out so with apologies to anybody offended by bad amateur dramatics (laughs) i'm an american so greetings from the united states let me first say i love the podcast 
My moment with Her Majesty was in 2018 during my first ever visit to Edinburgh. I was unaware that I would be in the city at the same time as Her Majesty's annual week in residence at the Holyrood Palace. When I visited St. Giles Cathedral, I saw a sign saying it would be closed for half a day, and I realised it must be for the annual service for the Order of the Thistle. That morning, I arrived early to see police barricades, but no people yet. So I planned myself where I figured I would get the best view of her going in and coming out of the cathedral. As the hours went on, the crowd built and eventually the Queen arrived with Prince William. I stood at the spot where the limousine would slow down to turn so I would get a longer view. And this is where I stayed until the service was over. As the Queen and Prince William left and were heading now towards me, I realised everyone around me were pointing their phone cameras at them. I suddenly had the idea to put my phone away. As the limousine slowed to turn onto the Royal Mile, I must have been the only actual face they could see in the sea of cell phones pointed at them. They both made eye contact with me and waved back at my wave. What a moment. <laughs> Not as bad as I thought it was going to be in terms of the accent. Um, okay. I've just realised we don't know who that was. Oh, uh, so that was Reverend Dabrowski. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for sending that in. Um, of great stress. And I do think that's true that, you know, every time you see these photos from engagements now, all you see are camera phones and people taking pictures and very few people seem to actually be enjoying the moment. So it's great. Uh, great that, you know, you did that. But, but it's an interesting point because like 70 years. So the Queen's kind of kept up with a lot of evolutions and like throughout the pandemic was very adept at using other video call providers. Yeah, oh, yes. Because we don't want to get in trouble for that. Um, but, like, it, it must be really weird to kind of go, when I started my reign, I'd meet all these people and people would like to see me. And suddenly yeah. it's just a wall of, like... Just all phones. It so, must be horrible. So, it's, it's bad enough when you go to concerts or gigs. So it must be dreadful having that. Now, quick question before we move on. Whereabouts in America was that accent from? Where were you going for? Uh, that Sounded was, a bit southern. That that was generic amateur dramatics American, <laughs> and I will not be bullied on air. <laughs> anyway, moving very swiftly <laughs> on. Um, up next, I was actually very excited to do an interview uh, a couple of weeks ago, which you've actually got going live for you in a couple of weeks' time. But with the the very famous, very you know the top royal biographer, really Andrew Morton. So when I had him, I asked him for his favourite memory of the Queen. Hello, my name is Andrew Morton. I'm the author of uh, new, my new biography, The Queen. And my favourite little anecdote about The Queen was the first tour I ever went on with her was to California. And she and Prince Philip were at Yosemite National Park. And they were going for a walk in the afternoon and they were surrounded by secret servicemen. Now, in Britain, the Scotland Yard bodyguards know to step back and, and keep clear. But the, the bodyguard, but the bodyguards from America were really, really close. So the Queen and Prince Philip got increasingly irritated by this. They walked forwards and they were followed by a secret serviceman. So then they decided to walk backwards. So they walked backwards and they were followed by secret servicemen walking backwards. So then they walked sideways and everybody walked sideways. So they finally all collapsed into fits of giggles. But it was one example of the Queen's sense of humour, and it's something which has come to the fore, I think, very prominently over the last few years. 
<laughs> That's amazing. I love that story. Right. Slight pause, not about the Queen. What was it like? I know the interview's coming up. What was it like doing the interview? Because you, you were a bit starstruck. I was very starstruck, <laughs> which is very sad to say. But obviously, so obviously Andrew is most famously known for his book about Diana, but has done so many biographies over the years and has been on the Royal Beat for ages before that. And I was quite nervous, but he was so lovely. We had a really good chat. He gave me a really good insight into his views on the Royals now, as well as looking back to that famous interview and that famous book with Diana. So yeah, we will have that for you later in the um, in the month. Oh, I did a bit of a cheeky puck there, didn't you? You, you definitely you, set me up for yeah, it, but it yep. did work. You stepped right into it. <laughs> yeah, so that was great. And yeah, that story was brilliant. I love the idea and of them just kind of doing the whole, let's see how they follow us I think it must Mm. that insight of what it must be like for your life to be completely surrounded by security but it's it's that um, again that combination between her and Philip that kind of slight so we want to make a point but we're going to be slightly mischievous while we do it yeah exactly I'm the queen (laughs) now we've got another listener message for you next we have uh who's this oh this is Jack hey so um this is for the memory from like the platinum jubilee from the 70 years um i like recently got into like royal watch and things like that and it was last year i think when the queen came up to scotland for royal week um i got one of my friends i dragged her out and um, i got one of my friends to go into edinburgh with me and um see if we could see her and unfortunately we didn't see the queen but we were in Waverley Station when the Royal train was leaving after dropping her off and coming back from the Iron Brew factory. Um, and I embarrassed my friend by running up to the train and getting so excited over this random train. <laughs> but it was the Royal train, so I was very excited and got her to take a, a photo of me um, next to this train in Waverley Station. And um, yeah, so <laughs> that's a memory from when the Queen came up for Royal Week in Scotland. Aww. Oh, I like that. And to be honest, Jack, I would have done exactly the same thing. No judgment here whatsoever. I think that's completely the right thing. You got a picture in front of the Royal Train. Sounds yeah. great. I'd love that. I'd take it. Still, I think, closer than Dan's story. At least you yeah. didn't at least you didn't turn you down. <laughs> the car went by so fast I didn't even get a photo of the car. <laughs> now, up next I have a lovely story which is from Kate, who is in Canada. She says, there is no way I can narrow down my favourite moments of the Queen's reign during my lifetime because there are so many. But because I want to take part in your poll, I thought I'd say every day. Her portrait hung front and centre of every classroom in my elementary and high school, and I took great comfort in that. I was also an officer in the Canadian Armed Forces and took great pride snapping off salutes to higher ranks, colour parties and certain parade statues. And these are all saluting to the Queen. I was fortunate enough to have met Prince Charles and Camilla while they visited Toronto during the Queen's Diamond Jubilee year. But I must admit that I have envisioned meeting the Queen a few times. So yeah, that's a really lovely one. Oh, that's a sweet one. It's very, very sweet. And yeah, it does just show she's such a big, even if people haven't met her, she's such a big part of everyone's lives. You know, there's huge portraits that hang in lots of public buildings in schools not just in the UK but around the world and you know it's that figure of you just see her every day and you see her face every day so do you want to geek out a little bit for the behind the scenes always other than the UK America and then Canada are the biggest listeners to this podcast oh yes so when when Russell kind of talked about you know our our friends from across across the uh, ocean this is what we're talking about because we, we sometimes talk about things that are very very niche to a British market and then you go do we need to explain that to people? <laughs> yeah, we do always worry a bit that people have no idea who we're talking about. 
So yes, there's, there's a lot of love that comes from the other side of the, of the Atlantic. Up next, we have a lovely quote and a great story from uh, Jenny, who is a presenter on Boom Radio. Hello, Jenny Hanley here. Have you ever been at a really important do and you're talking to somebody when just behind you someone sneezes? So what do you do? You don't stop the conversation, but you find a tissue and you hand it behind you saying, bless you. I did that and it turned out to be the Queen who had sneezed. I'm not surprised that Her Majesty the Queen won't be at them because standing on grass in anything like decent shoes is pretty difficult and tiring. I mean, there are seats, but obviously Her Majesty wouldn't sit on a seat because then she'd be trapped and not able to get away from people and not able to go around and have a little word with everybody. The food at a Buckingham Palace garden party has to be seen to be believed. You have little rock cakes, very gentle rock cakes. You don't have scones that are going to squish everywhere, regardless whether it's jam on top or cream. They're tiny weeny ones. No, you can't put them in your mouth all at once. You do still have to bite them, but, oh, delicious. And my most favourite thing of all, cucumber sandwiches. But I had never had them before with mint in. Finely chopped mint in a cucumber sandwich. I've copied it ever since. One of the good things about going to a garden party at Buckingham Palace is that you have very posh portaloos. I mean, there was a man outside, all dressed up, sort of to look after you and help you up the stairs and down the stairs. It was very high class. And yes, we all looked wonderful at the Buckingham Palace garden party. Even when it rains, everybody stays there. It doesn't matter that you're wet. It doesn't matter that the dye from your hat is running down your dress, as I saw one lady sadly have. You just stay there and you enjoy it. You can tell Jenny does radio, doesn't she? she what a voice. I could listen to that voice for hours. I know. That, that was, I stopped looking at my notes throughout that and basically just, wow, she's... Oh. Okay, what so, a voice. so a I bit feel of, shameful now. A bit of housekeeping because Anne's not here to represent the Cornish, but of course, obviously, it's jam first. Let's not have that debate again. <laughs> second, we're sorry, Anne. Secondly, in the time space continuum, we're recording again tomorrow. So I am going to suggest that we make <gasps> the cream cheese cucumber with fresh mint sandwich deal. Oh, deal. That's a great tip. I've never heard of that before. She, have didn't, you? she didn't say whether it was cream cheese and cucumber, just cucumber. It's uh, got to have cream cheese in, surely. Should we try both? We'll try both. That's absolutely fine. We'll, we'll, figure, we'll figure out our menu. A great, yeah. Thank you very much to Jenny for that beautifully put together memory and also very jealous that you've been to a garden party. We still need to find out about Russell's because he went to one last time we spoke. So I've not, we've not caught up with him on the podcast yet. Don't ring Russell. Don't ring. Yeah. It's like the, bu- the busiest weekend in his um, week in his calendar. I mean, this, this Jubilee uh, bank holiday extravaganza has been coming down towards Russell like an Indiana Jones yes. boulder. <laughs> We've been talking about it for months and we're just like going, poor Russell, he's going to be exhausted. Exactly. So, yes, and also, yeah, thank you as well to Jenny for providing our lunch inspiration for tomorrow. Yay! Now, moving on to the next one. So, I have a, another letter. This is from Kim. So Kim says, hi to the Pod Save the Queen team. I'm an avid listener and would like to share my story of when I met the Queen. I am a Canadian born to English immigrants who arrived in Canada in 1957. In the early 90s, as a woman in my early 20s, I decided to follow my roots and return to England and attend Reading University to complete my Bachelor of Science. 
During that time, Reading University was recognised for its leading edge technology in DNA. I can't say this word. Hy- hy- hybridization? Hybridization. There we go. Just, just to just, point just, out, just, Kim didn't if say it come, that. If yeah. it comes up, just, just do it again. As such, our queen was invited to visit the lab and observe. Knowing that most people would find such demonstration of technology tiresome, I put a small Canadian flag into my white lab coat, hoping she might spot it as something she may feel more fun- more comfortable having a conversation about rather than DNA. Hybridization. Thank you. To my surprise, she emerged from the long line of security and others accompanying her to my table where she asked, are you from Canada? To my delight, I was able to spend a few minutes with her, acknowledging that yes, I was. She asked me about whether I felt prepared for a British university education, to which I answered honestly saying no, that I was grateful for the tutors for being available to me. Furthermore, she asked about why my parents had immigrated to Canada in 57, to which I said they were concerned about the Suez Canal crisis. She was very kind and interested in my short story, and I will never forget such a small but intimate conversation with someone I admire so much. Uh, she's also, uh, Kim's also, she had a photo of us, which is really lovely, of this really special day. So I will pop that on the Instagram so that everyone can have a look. Thank you so much for Kim for sharing with that. And I'm very, very jealous. And that shows as well, because not only did the Queen see, the, the Queen kind of sought her out by the sounds of it, mm-hmm. and saw that flag and made the effort to go over, which I think is really lovely and does show how much the Queen cares about the Commonwealth. Yes, and, and and also clearly she's looking for people to talk to about. I mean, again, if your if your job is to be thrown into a room with hundreds of people you never met before and make polite conversation, you're probably you're looking for any cue you can. Just yeah, to go, great, I can talk about that. That's absolutely fantastic. I think that's a really good idea putting that flag in because yeah, as you said, she's got lots of people there. How does she pick who she mm-hmm. goes to? If you if you, I'll definitely use that. You know, when my day finally comes to meet the queen, <laughs> of putting something on. Maybe I'll go down with you know. Yeah, get my. Pod save the Queen flag out. Also, if you're going to put that up on Instagram, I want it to be hashtag hybridization. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh I, can, I can spell it. I can just not. Mm. Anyway. Anyway. Right. Moving on. <sighs> Mr. Dan of the world is back. Where, where, what accent do we have this time? Uh, I, believe, I believe we were aiming for Nottingham, UK. But again, apologies to Mark. I was at boarding school in Kent, which was located in a stately home owned by Lord and Countess Mountbatten. They lived in a dower house nearby, and the Queen and Prince Philip were regular visitors. I was about 11 when they came for a walk with Charles and Anne in the deer park, and I saw them climbing the stile. Getting very excited, I called everyone to come to the balcony and wave, and they did, and the royals waved back. Much later in life, I made a short YouTube video about it, which was passed on to the Queen. I lived there for about 10 years and have always felt a sort of family connection. The house and grounds were wonderful and impacted on my entire life. Now I'm old and retired and the Queen's Jubilee has brought all these memories flooding back. Prince Philip playing cricket, garden parties on the lawn and of course going to London to see the decorations. God bless the Queen. Oh, that's lovely. What, my my acting skills or the story? No. The story, yeah. of course, the story. <laughs> Your, you, 
I think maybe for your future Hollywood co- career, you should just stick to British roles. Yeah, yeah, say. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but <laughs> I mean, again, like, like royals on your doorstep. I know that's quite a pri- uh, quite a privilege and special memory. It really is. It really is. Uh, now, I've just got a very quick one here, and this is from Beverly, who says that her favourite memory of the Queen was actually watching the Queen kind of more at the sidelines for the Queen Mother's ninety nine birthday celebrations at Clarence House so uh, she says that Beverly's grandmother got up early and went inside and got to see all the royal family and just the queen there looking on with love and support um, was really nice and uh, Beverly's actually written the queen was beautiful and her mother was even more beautiful in real life which I thought was really lovely and it's nice seeing you know we're so used to seeing the the queen front and centre I guess that Mm. actually it's nice you know hearing a story about when she was looking on at her mum having a big special day which was really nice and then just up next we have this is a royally uh, which has been sent in I think I'm assuming that's not their real name unless they're very very on brand but this is their social media account (laughs) anyway so this is a great story hello my name is Lisa I'm 20 years old and I live in Germany Um, I love listening I'm sorry I love that there you go (laughs) I don't think that's your real name, starting with, hi, this is my name. Oh, God, right, okay, or Royally Stroke Lisa. I I wonder who's next on the show. Hello, my name is Lisa, I'm 20 years old, and I live in Germany. Um, I love listening to your podcast. Um, I don't have a particular first memory of the Queen um, or the royal family, but um, I think the best part um, of it is um, that she brings people together, because... um, I met two people that are really close to my heart through our common interest in the royal family and um, the female part of my family um, was always uh, more or less really interested in them and we always sit in front of the TV and watch all the big events together like weddings and um, my mom and I, I think this was the funniest thing we ever did, we um, ordered the Gordonston uh, gin and the Dubonnet and mixed it at home together because it's the Queen's favourite drink and yeah, I love that she brings people together. Now, I must say, this is where I'm a bad royal fan. I've never tried that drink. I've still never, I've never tried it. There was a, a podcast, and I can't remember the name of it. One of the co-hosts was Jordan North. Okay, let's uh, not, pretty, let's not, no, let's no, no, not no, no. other ones. But, but, but their like, unofficial drink was gin and bonnet. It's got a bit of a kind of like cult following. Like, oh. as in, it's not just like the royal fans now. There's like people who just have it at home. Oh, I'm is this the one where his friend is the really posh friend? The, et- the etiquette expert. Etiquette expert, yes. Oh, I, I can't I, remember. I, I tell you what, through the power of editing, I'm going to say that the name of the podcast is Help, I Sexted My Boss. As if you, as if you could Thank forget. Thank you so much. Yeah. Of course, silly me for forgetting that. I like doing this with you. It's easier when we can just drop in things when I forget. <laughs> do, bits do, of do you think it might be an idea that when we have mint and cucumber sandwiches and cake and prosecco, that we also have a gin and bonnet? Or are we, are we going too far now? I mean, I mean, we've been quite chaotic after sugar. I don't know how we'd be doing it after gin. Yeah, fair enough. But I'd have to talk tomorrow. <laughs> Um, right, they are great stories. Thank you so much for sending these uh, all your stories in. The other thing I just wanted to play you before we head off was I actually had a chat with one of our colleagues, Courtney, who works on the uh, features team with me. Now, she had a go at making the Jubilee pudding and was a bit, um, should we say, traumatised by the experience. So if anyone hasn't had a go to make it yet, I thought this was her experience of it, which I thought was quite funny. Now, Courtney, I tasked you with making the Platinum Jubilee pudding. You weren't overly excited when I asked you, let's be honest. No. Um, I love food and I love 
sweet things and cake, but I I can't I can't bake. I'm not good in the kitchen. Can't cook. Can't make things. So it was a bit of a disaster, which I was quite surprised by because your Instagram is always filled with pictures of beautiful cakes and all lovely bakeries across London. But you're not you're not a Bake Off aspiring star then. No, I can eat the cake. I love to eat the cake, but I can't, <laughs> can't make it myself. So that's that's sad. My Bake Off dreams have died with this experience. Now, it was a lot more... Com- Obviously, it's a beautiful pudding. We saw it when it was announced and it looks great. But your struggles with it started before you'd even got into the kitchen, didn't you? You struggled with some of the ingredients even, which isn't the best of starts. The ingredients and the um, the equipment that you need as well. Because, as I say, I don't bake. So I didn't have a lot of the things you need. You need two Swiss roll tins, a trifle dish. Um, I didn't have any of that. So I had to run out to, like, John Lewis was the only thing open at the time. And they had the tins, but they did not have a trifle dish. So I ended up with a Pyrex bowl. (laughs) So when you say trifle (laughs) dish, you mean one of those glass dishes that's on kind of like a stand, don't you? Yeah, a fancy one, yeah. So I just had a bowl. Well, it's fine. That's that's the more realistic version of it. We can't all have cupboards filled with beautiful glassware, can we? No. Okay, Um, so you got all of that. What about the ingredients? Were they easy to get hold of? They were pretty easy. Um, I think I ended up going to two different shops. I did a Waitrose and a Tesco shop, and I still ended up accidentally missing off the arrow arrow root i think it was oh, okay the, so i struggled with my coolie <laughs> okay <laughs> but it's fine but it was fine it was very um expensive in the end yeah how much did you end up spending with the the bakeware and the ingredients in total i think it was about 75 pounds yeah that's an awful oh. lot okay and right on to baking how long did it take you <laughs> um six hours six hours <laughs> now there were a few in the you know being honest, there were a few. You had to make an emergency trip to Tesco's. I had some emergency trips because um, you, because I of my <laughs> custard, and I'd used all of the cream up in the custard, but needed more to then go on top at the end. So I had to go and to go and make an emergency trip. <laughs> um, and I also tried to get the extra arrowroot ingredient that I'd missed, but they didn't have it in Tesco. Okay, so can you very briefly then talk us through the stages? So what you had to do? Oh, a lot. So the whole thing. Maybe not six hours worth. No. You might have to well, summarize. To take it says. Two plus hours for prep time and then an hour of like cook time. Oh, so it so still takes a long time hours, anyway. It could have meant six hours. Maybe that is the amount of time <laughs> it takes. It's not, it's not specific enough. Um, so you start with the making the Swiss rolls um, and making the lemon curd to go in it. Um, Got to make the lemon curd, the Swiss rolls. Uh, there's a Amaretti biscuits. So I made them from scratch. Um, there's a mandarin jelly. Or St. Clement's jelly, I think it's actually Ooh. orange and lemon. Um, a mandarin coolie, cream, uh, and then there's like white chocolate jeweled shards that go on the top. And everything was done completely from scratch. And as I say, I can't bake. So <laughs> <laughs> every single step of the way was a challenge for me. Okay, so a few things went wrong. Tell us some of the bits that were the bit your biggest fails. Um, my Swiss rolls did not go well. Um, I thought they looked all right. They were just they not as tight as they should have been. But also, um, the recipe says you need like an electric whisk or a mixing electric mixer. And I don't have one of those. So I was doing everything by hand. Oh my, your so arm hence, must have Hence the, you know, killed. six hours to try and like yep. make everything fluffy, beat the cream and the eggs and stuff. Um, so those, they they were edible, but they were a bit rubbery. They didn't go well. I tried to half the... Um, recipe because it says on there that you can Mm. 
can't really unless you're very <laughs> clever about it um it's like the actual trifle served 20 people and it was just going to be me and my partner so I was like yeah. I'll do it for 10 people yeah which is still um, an awful lot of pudding yeah but then when I halved the Swiss roll ingredients um it then wasn't enough to cover the tin so I'd ah. made half the batter and then I had to make another half of the batter oh gosh. to kind of okay. go back in so the cake was not not great with, <laughs> with two halves um but they make up the you know the, the base design the base, don't they yeah. so you slice them up and then that's what makes all the pretty swirls on the bottom mm, which is lovely but mine weren't super they weren't rolled well so it didn't look great in the bottom as it maybe should have um <laughs> okay now tell us about the burnt custard incident burnt custard um so that goes on it was like cream and i can't remember what you added to it cream and something on the hob as it was thickening and i got distracted prepping for whatever the next <laughs> bit was and left it on and all of a sudden it smelled really bad in my kitchen and it had all burnt and stuck to the bottom and it was just not salvageable so I had to make an emergency trip to Tesco. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good and um, so if you would you do it again will you be making one for your Jubilee Street party? I would make one again but okay. I would not do it from scratch I would be savvier and get kind of ready-made like I'd get a ready-made custard and I'd probably buy ready-made biscuits amaretti biscuits and all the little bits because i suppose you could do it quite not easily but there are lots of bits that you could i reckon you could do a version of it that you basically because mm. you could buy the swiss rolls you could buy, buy those, those tiny m and sells them yeah. yeah so maybe that's okay so you would you would do it again and the, again. yeah okay that's good to know and what would your tips be to anyone trying to bake everything from scratch as you did Give yourself lots and lots of time. <laughs> you need like a whole day, basically. A whole day's activity, this. right. And the most important question, how did it taste? It actually was okay. Other than the Swiss rolls being a little bit rubbery, the whole thing, it was really nice. Very citrusy, fruity. Um, there's a lot of cream in there. So it's, you, you don't need a lot portion-wise. You don't need 20 it people's is, it worth. It's very nice. <laughs> and you also got some feedback from a top chef, didn't you, as well? Yes. Um, Matt Adlard, who was one of the judges of the actual Fortnum and Mason competition, he, I sent him some photos of kind of different stages of my making it and the finished thing. He was um, a bit mean about your biscuits, though, wasn't he? He did say that he thought I'd accidentally sent him pictures of hash browns instead <laughs> of amaretti biscuits. <laughs> oh, dear. They didn't look great, but to be fair, those were the only thing that actually I thought did taste quite quite good. Okay. Then, so I was quite impressed with them. <laughs> Um, but yeah, he gave it a 7 out of 10 overall. He said that my chocolate shards were very sharp. Oh, very nice. And they're the bit that makes it look mm. fancy. That's the kind of showstopper, isn't it? But he wasn't there to see that actually they were melting and falling over. So. Shh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's photo doesn't magic. doesn't matter, exactly. <laughs> photo magic is absolutely fine. And um, have you had a chance to taste one that's been made by, a, you know, by somebody else? Haven't. Yeah, you haven't yet. I would so like to to see what it's meant to taste. Well, yeah. like. <laughs> <laughs> well hopefully, when someone actually can make it. Yeah, hopefully you'll get a chance to taste one over the Jubilee weekend. Well, thank you Fingers so crossed. much for joining me, and I hope next time you do it, it's a little bit less stressful. <laughs> me too. Thanks for having me. So before we go. Let's talk about this space-time continuum. So we've got this episode where listeners and our previous guests contribute. And then what other episodes we've got rolling out for the Jubilee specials? So you've got your kind of live episodes as normal. So you'll still have your Thursday episodes, which will be everything that we would normally do. So keep an eye on those. But I've also been joined... And that's the fast turnaround one. That's the first reactions to the beginning of the four-day weekend. Well, yes, Dan, but we've had this yesterday. Yes. Didn't we? Oh, dear. Hey, it's not easy doing what you do, is it? (laughs) 
oh you said it not me yeah <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna leave this vague and just do these are the special episodes we have coming up rather than giving days I was gonna save myself the trouble but anyway during this week we've obviously got this episode we've also got the uh, fashion special which is myself and Scott discussing all the best looks from the Queen over the years. And then there's Russell and I discussing everything that's happened at Troop in the Colour and everything else that's going on. And of course, if you want more information, keep an eye on our social medias and the Mirror's website and in the Daily Mirror and Sunday Mirror because there's an awful lot there. And before, also, we'd love to see what you're doing. So please tag us in your Instagram stories and mm. send us your photos so that we can share it all on social because we'd love to see your street parties, your dressing up and everything that's going on. Right, can I do this bit? Dan's got his hand I've up. Never had, I've never been able to do this again. Anyway... Thanks to our listeners for tuning in this week. You can follow us on social media, on Twitter and Instagram at PodSave. You're going to steal my line! until next time! No! (laughs) PodSave the Queen! I'm sorry. Russell's going to kill us.